0: This is The Ed Milad Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today's such an honor for me because I've got this gentleman to my left, back for the second time. It was one of the, maybe the most downloaded show of all time. And I think one of the reasons is this man is, uh, he's, his whole life is on fire right now. He's so electric. He's reaching so many people because his message, and more important, I just think his energy, the way he connects with people, um, just really resonates and it's perfect for these times. And he's an icon. He's become an icon in the personal development space and healing and helping people. And he's got this new book out about the most important topic in the world, which is love. And his new book's called Eight Rules of Love, How to Find It, Keep It, and Let It Go. He's also the host of On Purpose with Jay Shetty, one of the biggest podcasts in the world. And some of the top leaders in every industry in the world look to this man for advice and counsel and now you get to get it from him today. So Jay Shetty, welcome back.
1: Ed, I just want to say that I'm so grateful to be back with you because I was just saying this to you off screen, but I want everyone to hear it. The amount of your, first of all, the people you attract in your community are just unbelievable. Thank you. And the amount of people after our last interview that came up to me and said, I heard you on Ed's podcast yeah. or I loved you and Ed Connecting and yeah. you came on the show too. Yeah. I it's, it's one of those things where you go, when we were texting and messaging mm-hmm. before we got to meet each mm-hmm. other, you felt a connection, but then when we sat down, Instantly. it was just like it no was, other. It was instant. And, and yep. so I just, I feel really grateful when you feel like you reconnect with someone that you haven't even connected with in the I past. Know,
0: that's so funny you say that. When you yeah. left that day, I told my wife, I, said, I feel like I've known Jay Same. forever. Yeah, literally, felt too. I felt that way too. So. Do, you, do you think, transitioning on that too, is there any element of that that's in love? So, I was, was praying last night because I want to talk about this with you because it is, I'm at this stage of my life where it's, it, it's always probably been the most important thing. But for me right now, mm. being with the people that I love and making sure they know how much I love them. And in my case, letting myself feel loved mm-hmm. is a really interesting thing. So it, what is actually love? Is it something we know when we feel it? Do you think? Because I know you've studied this so deeply.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I want to start off by just saying that, so my wife and I, we have always said that we think we must have been together in a past life. Yeah. Like we have that, since we met, we had that familiarity, we had that comfort, mm-hmm. and and even today we've we've always had that. But what I've really tried to do in this book and in my work is when you speak to someone who's in love, they'll say, when you know, you know. When you feel it, you feel it. And the problem with things like that is, Mm -hmm. someone's listening or watching right now going, Jay, I don't feel anything. Like, I haven't felt it yet. What do I do with that? Do I just keep meeting people? And so, what I like to do is take a subject like love, Mm And break it down and analyze it into really simple ideas that everyone can understand rather than waiting for some like ethereal internal feeling, which I want you to feel, Mm -hmm. but it's going to take a few steps. So I define love. And in the book, one of my rules is make sure that you define love before you say it. feel it Mm. because I think one of the biggest mistakes that happens in relationships is two people say I love you but they mean different things whoa so I say I love you and that means I want to spend my life with you Mm. and you say I love you and that means you want to spend a night with me (laughs) and that's where all of our friction begins because you never stop to say no 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 what do you mean by that Yes. so we have to really define love so I define love as three things okay it's when you like someone's personality It's when you respect their values and when you want to commit to helping them achieve their goals. That is love in action. That is love in practice. That is love in reality. Mm. So like their personality, what do I mean by that? Studies show that to make someone a casual friend, you have to spend 40 hours with them. 40 hours for a casual friendship. Mm. It goes on to say you need 100 hours to make someone a good friend. And if you consider someone a great friend, a best friend, you would have had to spend 200 hours with them. So the question about liking someone's personality is, (laughs) could I like spending 200 200 hours (laughs) with this person? That's the question I'm asking myself. That's Mm. the question you should be asking yourself when you're dating someone. Mm. Do I want to spend 200 hours? Respecting their values. I've chosen the words very carefully. The challenge in relationships is we want people to value what we value. We want our partner to value what we value the way we value it, Mm. and when they don't value it, we think, you don't love me, you don't care about me. Mm. But what we have to learn to do is respect their values and for them to respect ours, I'll give you an example. Like For me, one of my deepest values is my purpose and my work. And my wife respects it so much that if I tell her I have a purpose opportunity, mm-hmm. she'll never hold me back. Yeah. She'll never make me feel guilty about it or bad mm. about it because she knows that this is what fuels me. It's mm. fuel. Mm. And my wife's fuel is her family, yeah. being with her mother, being with her father, being with her sister, being with our niece and nephew, being with her grandmother, who she's with right now mm. in hospital in London, actually. Mm. and. Again, I'm not going to make her feel guilty or bad if she wants to spend time with her family mm-hmm. over what I'm doing. And so when you have this healthy respect of actually, I see that your fuel makes you who I love. Yes. Right? Like what makes you attractive to the other person? Don't take that away from them. I think this, this is really just hit me right now. We often extract what attracts us about someone. Meaning We we take that away from them. We want them to give up what they value because we want them to focus on what we value. So we take it like the rug
0: from beneath their feet. Let me validate what you're saying. Yeah. So I've been married 25 years. We've been together 35 years. And when I feel the most unloved or disconnected, because a relationship's a real thing, are those moments where that isn't present meaning mm. my purpose isn't admired or respected or appreciated and, and in relationship you're gonna have moments where those things don't oh, happen wait. but I do know in the moments where I feel like that isn't existing is I feel the least connected so you're a trillion percent right about I that.
1: love hearing that from your perspective yeah. and by the way congratulations right. what an amazing Thank you. marriage Thank and you. like phenomenal I, I aspire <laughs> to be like you Ed yeah. and and I'm yeah. learning along the way and it's the same thing for me it's like respecting someone's values means two things You need to know your values, because otherwise how can someone respect them? And you need to know the other person's values. And the third one is, do you want to commit? Are you willing to put the time to help someone achieve their goals? Mm. Do you care enough to say, Mm. you know what, whatever you care about, whatever you believe in, I'm gonna be there with you, supporting you, Mm. cheering you on, redirecting you sometimes, but I care enough. There's a difference between saying, I wanna see you win, and I'm going to be there for you, watching you win, helping you win.
0: What would you say to somebody? This is so great. By the way, it's, love is the reason this book is so incredible to me is about every other thing in life, there are strategies and tactics involved. Love, even friendship love, not just intimate relationship love, but friendship love. It's almost this thing that we just sort of assume is going to take place in our life and so is assume true. is going to last. So what would you say to somebody though who's in a relationship, just tough question, start out early in a tough one, (laughs) but I'm in a relationship, I just heard you say that and I go, not only is that not our pattern, because sometimes relationships take patterns, not only is that not the pattern, but I feel like this person's almost competing against me. Mm. And sometimes even even though I feel like there's some sort of love there, they really aren't supporting, um, helping, not only they're not helping with my goals, they're not supporting the goals that I have. Does that mean you're not in a loving relationship or are there some strategies you can have to better connect where we get on the same page on that?
1: I think first place I start is that Mm. there are, when I was a monk, I learned about these, what the monks called the three cancers of the mind. Mm. And they are comparing, complaining, and criticizing. Mm. And what I find in relationships is that we're constantly operating in one of these dynamics. You're either complaining about your partner you're comparing your partner to other people, or you're criticizing your partner. Wow. And when you're living in these three ways, wow. there's no room for growth. And the problem is your partner can't be doing anything that I talk about in this book because they never went to that class. Hmm. They never got to go to that school and neither did you. So what you just said so beautifully, we just assume people know how to love. Let me just take that idea. Do you just assume someone knows how to drive a car? Right. Do you just assume someone knows how to be a doctor? Right. Do you just assume that someone right. knows how to fly a plane? Like, right. you would never assume that, right. but we assume that love must, ah, oh, love's easy. Right. Love's easier than driving a car and right. love's easier than flying a plane. No, it isn't. It's, it's so much harder. Right. And so I want to track back to your question. Wow. I start the book with this really beautiful story that the Buddha uh, would talk about this conversation. And in this conversation, a student asked a teacher, what's the difference between I like you and I love you? Mm. What's the difference? Mm. Great question. And the teacher replied, when you like a flower, Mm. you simply pluck it. But when you love a flower, you water it every day. And I love that story because I ask myself In a relationship, when you're struggling, ask yourself when was the last time you watered it? When was the last time you tended to the soil? When was Mm -hmm. the last time you made sure it had perfect sunlight? When was the last time that you made sure that it had the right amount of air or indoors or whatever it may be? Like, when was the last time? And so rather than pointing out and saying, you don't respect my values. Mm you don't know my goals, Jay Shetty and Ed told me that you should wanna spend 200 hours with me. Like That dynamic doesn't create it. Actually sit down and go, hey, you know what? I wanna understand more about your values. Mm -hmm. Why don't we both talk about our values and what's really important? And even if it's not big values, what's our values for 2023? Just what's our values for this year? It doesn't have to be this massive conversation. Mm -hmm. Just open that dynamic.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So, you know, I get asked a lot, what are some of the common practices or behaviors of the successful people that have been on your show? I got to tell you, most of them have been to therapy and they've told me therapy's made a big difference in their life, it's made a big difference in my life. And so whether you've got like a real traumatic thing you want to work through in your life that you've not resolved yet, or maybe just got an emotion you'd like to get rid of or improve, maybe it's none of that. Maybe you just got kind of something you want to talk through, a problem you want to work through. If you've been considering doing therapy I think you should take a look at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is done entirely online. And what I love about it is they match you with a licensed therapist. If you don't click with the therapist, you can switch at any given time to a therapist that meets your needs that you kind of click and vibe with. Take a moment and visit betterhelp.com slash edshow. Right now to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot edshow. So I've been talking for a long time here on the show about the fact that I've been really working on my Spanish and I just took a trip to Mexico The last few weeks, I went on a speaking tour down there with John Maxwell, and I got a chance to really see whether or not I've improved. I got to tell you, thanks to Babbel, my Spanish is pretty darn good. I was able to order in restaurants, communicate with people, even had a great time at a cigar lounge, chopping it up with a bunch of people speaking Spanish, thanks to Babbel. And one of the reasons I love Babbel is you have to spend hundreds of dollars on some professional tutor, and their lessons are only 10 minutes long, crafted by about 200 different language experts. They're very easy to learn, and you're going to be making improvements right away. I really recommend you try Babbel. So here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners, at babbel.com mylet. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com mylet. Spelled Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash mylet. Rules and restrictions may apply. Please visit babbel.com for details. You're so white, and you're in a long-term relationship too. Tell me if you agree with this. You have to do that regularly. Oh, I met you. If I started dating you ten years ago, what's important to me now? What I value? What? What even some of my beliefs are? Maybe completely different than they were ten years ago. So that's when people say we're growing apart. Mm -hmm. I really believe that part of that is when we first connected. I did understand your values and your goals and where you wanted to go, and then we just sort of do the relationship, don't we?
1: Yeah, And then you get yeah. to the
0: point where it's not feeling the same and you're suggesting part of that is we really don't even understand their values anymore or their goals.
1: You're, you're spot and, on and, <clears throat> and we think we've achieved love when we move in. You think you've achieved love on your wedding day. Mm-hmm. You think you've achieved love on your anniversary party celebration and you think you've achieved love and you forget that any relationship is a daily practice. Love is a daily practice. like. And and I find that we get so focused on our habits for our success, our purpose, yes. our growth, maybe our mental health, all important things. Sure. But we forget that this is a whole nother pursuit with another person. Mm. And I love what you just said that, you know, we just almost forget. You do. You forget and, and you have to update it. So I, I have four questions that I believe everyone should ask, especially if you're in a longer-term relationship or you've been together for a while, there's four questions. There are four questions that I have, one for every day, one for every month, one for every season, and one for every year. Mm -hmm. The question for every day is, what did you do for yourself today?
0: Yourself?
1: Ask your partner. Mm. sit down with your partner and say what did you do for yourself today mm. because I guarantee you they've been thinking about you yeah. they've been thinking about the kids, kids. they've been thinking yeah. about the home yeah. Yeah. but no one ever asked them mm. what do you do for yourself today oh, and so when you that. ask that question mm. you've shown them that you care about them yeah. you care about them the question you ask every month is how can I help you hmm How can I help you this month? What are you working on? What's important to you? How can I support you this month? Mm -hmm. Maybe you need me to be flexible. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need me to take care of the kids. And this is a two-way conversation. They're asking it back too. The third question every quarter, this is something I do all the time with my wife, is I say... Is this relationship going in the direction you want? Boy, that's a great question.
0: I think we sometimes don't ask it because we we're scared really of the answer. Yeah.
1: and you have to ask it with humility in a long-term relationship. Yeah. I mean, me and my wife have only been together ten years it's a long compared time. to yours. It's a long time. But it's like, I ask her that every quarter. Why, because why do you think companies measure their stats every quarter? Why do they have quarterly goals? Why do they have quarterly KPIs and OKRs? Why do businesses do it quarterly? Mm -hmm. Why are we not managing our relationships Mm -hmm. like we manage our businesses? So good. Right? Like we've always heard that famous quote, like you can't improve what you don't measure. So true. But we don't measure our love. When Mm -hmm. was the last time you looked at your partner, you have your own measurement up here, Mm -hmm. but when was the time you connected on how you both feel? I'm hearing
0: millions of people going, oh my gosh, this has been forever or never Never. that I've done this. What do you ask them every year?
1: So every year Mm -hmm. I'll sit down and say,
0: what's your goal this year? Mm -hmm. Like,
1: what are you pursuing? And even more than goal, I have this framework that me and my wife use. I don't believe in goal setting, I believe in growth setting. And what I mean by that Is that goals are things like, I want to launch a book next year. I want to launch a podcast next year. I want to be this, this. And it's like this future thing that doesn't mean anything. And a growth goal or a growth setting is saying, I'm going to learn how to write a book. Mm. I'm going to learn Mm. the skills of launching a podcast. I'm going to learn Mm. the skills. And you're committing to the growth that's required. And so to my wife, I'll say, okay, what growth do you want this year? Mm. And that takes the pressure off her having to say, oh my gosh, I need this big thing. And by the way, I want to be really uh, honest here. I love these conversations. My wife doesn't. Often when we talk about these things, she'll get nervous. She'll get anxious because I'm far more career oriented than she is she's mm. a spontaneous mm. lovable amazing human Beautiful who, who doesn't yeah unbelievable who doesn't have the same goals as i mm. do so i have to be very careful mm. that i'm not projecting yes. and imprinting my yes. dna yes. onto my wife and saying you need to have 10 goals and this okay yeah. i'm not doing it that way but it's uh. opening up a dialogue and saying hey look you know what are you working on this year I, I just want to know what you're pursuing, just so I'm aware.
0: Mm. Okay. The level of wisdom you have, brother, we were just in a, me- we were in a meeting together here and I- he and I today, and someone referred to me as seasoned. And, uh, <laughs> no, but when I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about how seasoned you are in your wisdom, the depth of this topic. And I think one of the reasons is you decided to study it you know but you're i having been with someone for so long you're so right that the same thing i said hey what are your goals yeah. <laughs> we you got right we like pressure and i don't live like that i don't think like that so there's a way to nuance it there's a way to phrase it there's a language to speak to somebody and you're 100% right it's also why what you're saying is so profound which is you're starting by asking them mm-hmm. and then there's a reciprocity where they'll they'll communicate this back with you i want to ask you some stuff that i've always wanted go to go for me. it, i'm excited how do you know <clears throat> If you're so there's an intimate love relationship, and then there's a friendship. And I bet you there's millions of people right now that are in a relationship with somebody that might be intimate, but they're wondering whether or not this person is more a friend than should be their long term life intimate partner. Mm-hmm. And they're debating this. Like I, lo- I I love them, I care about them. And so, but are they the one I should spend my life with? So two-part question. Do you believe in the one? Mm-hmm. And secondly, I know your answer to this. And secondly, though, how does one distinguish between whether or not this is someone that should probably move over to the friendship category and we carry on in our lives? Because not every lo- everybody you lose <laughs> in life isn't a loss. Yes, well said. Right? And so I'm just curious your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, so studies show that about 70% of people believe in soulmates, which Mm -hmm. is, their definition is there's one person Mm -hmm. that's made for me, Mm -hmm. that's designed for me, that's perfect for me. I'm gonna upset a lot of people right now, (laughs) but I believe, and, and from the research and the study has found that you're more likely to figure out who's the one by the person you wanna make it work with. So I think if people stop looking for the perfect one, Mm -hmm. because what you're saying when you're looking for the perfect one is you're saying, unless they're fully perfect, fully formed, Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep saying no to lots of people, Mm -hmm. not realizing that it's the person who wants to make it work with you and the person you want to make it work with. The choice is what makes love beautiful. If there was someone predestined for you, then you're saying there's no choice. You're saying that they were just made for you. That's not love. Love is a choice that you're choosing to love this person for the rest of your life. Like You're choosing every day to be with them. You're choosing to make it work with them when it's tough and Mm. when it's painful. And so Mm. I want people to think about that. And with the friend part,
0: Mm. the
1: difference between friends and the, the love of your life is that you're going to spend a lot more time dealing with challenges stresses, Mm. and daily things with the person you fall in love with. With your friends, you see them once a week. Maybe talk to them twice a week. Mm. You don't have to deal with the plumbing breaking in the house with your friend. You don't have to deal with the kids being sick with your friend. Mm. You don't have to deal with your parents having issues with you with your friend. Mm. You can talk to your friend about it. Your Mm. friend can be supportive. Mm. Maybe they'll even come help out, but you're not dealing with it. It's not their responsibility. And so the question you really have to ask is, do I want to take on responsibility with this person? Right, do I feel that we will handle conflict and challenges well together? Yeah. And at the same time, do I love seeing them? I spoke to my wife this morning on uh, FaceTime because she, as mm. I said, she's in London, we're in Napa. And I haven't seen her for, when did I get back? I got back about 10 days ago. Yeah. So I haven't seen her for 10 days. And we missed each other a couple of days last day because of our time difference. And so we didn't even get to talk on FaceTime. I finally FaceTimed her today. And I spoke to her for a bit. Then I had to do something. I called her back. And I just said to her, I was like, you know what, I'm just so happy I got to see you. Like, you just mm-hmm. like, I was just like, just seeing you through a screen. It wasn't that mm-hmm. she was like, oh my God, I miss you. It wasn't even like that. Yeah. It was just her energy. And I'm like, I could just have you every day in my life. And like, that's different. I have some friends that annoy the hell out of me. My wife annoys (laughs) me sometimes too, and I probably annoy her too. But overall it's saying, I know that we deal with stress and challenges well. And I know that we continue to inspire and grow each other.
0: That thing you just said, brother, I've been doing this, I've done, I don't know, 400 shows. This notion that you love is a choice, it's almost one of these things where I'm actually going to ask everybody to go back and rewind and listen to that again. That's one of the most profound things that's ever been said because it's also true as a father. Now, I'm choosing, you know, there's an innate love that happens when you have a child, but I want to choose to love my child every single day. I don't want it just to be something that's, this, uh, you know, esoteric notion. I want to choose to love and see the things about them that I do love. Now, one thing that I've always wondered about, I have friends that are doing this right now, should you be looking for it you know what i mean like i have especially for a lot of our single listeners or those of you that are married that have single brothers or sisters or friends they're kind of like you're looking for them too i got someone for you i got to say we met this guy at the grocery store he'd be amazing what do you think about the notion of looking for love
1: yeah i i you know, we talked about this yesterday in the, mm. in the room that we've yes. been in. It's the idea of, like, you're not going to win at something that you don't take shots at, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, if you don't make the reps, you're not going to suddenly yeah, win. You said that. Yes, yeah. it's beautiful when people stumble upon love. Mm. And there's the old cliche of, like, you find it when you're not looking. Beautiful if it happens to you. Right. Painful if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, to me, I love that you're a friend who's thinking about your friends. Okay. I think your friends should know who you're looking for the types of people you're looking for so that they can set you up i think you do want to be using the dating apps by the way friend introductions and dating apps today have the same percentage level of uh, impact and success so this notion that like yes the apps are more painful because you're going through more uh, like you know tough situations yep. or challenges or awkward conversations yeah. but in terms of actual success rates mm-hmm. it's pretty equal and so there's three ways to find and look for love more effectively and these three things will accelerate it okay the first is people who share your values okay. so i know ed you share my value if yeah. i was looking to fall mm-hmm. in love i'd say ed I know you're a great guy. I know you know the kind of person I'd want. Here's what I'm thinking about. Here's the kind of thing. You're a person of value that aligns with my values. It's the same as hiring, Mm -hmm. right? If you're trying to hire people in your team and your family, you're going to go to people of equal value. So don't just go to everyone. Don't just start asking your random friend. Mm -hmm. Go to friends that you value. So people that you value. The second is places of value. Are you going to places where you share values? Now, you may not be someone who loves partying. Mm. So why are you looking for someone in a bar and a club? Why are you looking for them at the beach club? Like, why are you in those environments if that's not your environment? Are you going to, maybe you're going to find someone at the soup kitchen who you're serving Mm -hmm. with. Maybe you're going to find someone at your cycling club. Maybe you're going to find someone at the book club. Mm. Maybe you're going to find someone in group therapy, right? You're going to find someone in a place Mm. that has the environment. That's Mm. going to accelerate your chances and the final one is projects i think projects at work side hustles projects in your community what are the projects that you know i i I was working with a couple years ago and they both were just fascinated with taking people back to their homeland Mm. and there was a project in their community Mm. that did that for people from that culture they went back to the homeland together they fell in love they've been together for the last i don't know like probably like 12 years now Mm. really enjoying each other and i was like That's how you accelerate it. So I think sometimes we're too random. Yeah. And when you're too random, then you are relying on wishing, waiting, luck.
0: Yeah, I think there should be some strategy. That's why the book's so damn good. Yes, yes. You know, I I was thinking about this last night, I'm like, old Jerry Maguire movie, (laughs) where you complete me. Yes. And there's this, you write about healing in the book, so I want you to talk about that a little bit too, but I actually feel like sometimes the expectations Mm. of what this person is supposed to do f- almost for you. If they don't eventually meet this criteria, like then you eliminate them almost. So. Should we be looking for someone that's going to complete
1: us? Oh, dude, that's so good. Uh, Yeah, I think we've always had this language of you complete me. Mm -hmm. You have the language of my better half. Right. Does that mean you're the worst half? Right. Who wants to be the worst half? And then that person leaves you. And no wonder you feel you're the worst half forever because they left you. And when you say someone completes you, does that mean you're incomplete? And so we have this romantic idea. And by the way, I'm a romantic, Ed, and I, I think you I, are yeah, too. We are, like, we both are. We're both romantic. Yeah. My my wife's not romantic, but mm-hmm. I, I I try and mm-hmm. you know do everything. But I'm very romantic. <laughs> so I love romance. Me too. But I don't like romantic ideas mm-hmm. of idyllic viewpoints mm-hmm. around these concepts. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that is we are constantly trying to get our partners to fill the gaps that our parents opened up.
0: Man, that's true.
1: Or we're trying to get our partners to repeat the gifts that our parents gave us. So our partners are trapped in having to repeat the gifts or fill the gaps. And we are evaluating them and assessing them on how well they do these two things. So true. They didn't know our parents. Yeah they don't know our gaps Mm. they don't know our gifts Mm. not only do they not know you're now missing out on the way they could love you you're limiting them from loving you in the way they can love you in the way they want to show you they love you because you're just measuring these two areas and so i want you mentioned healing there i really believe that if you uncovered the gap if you looked at your parenting or even your first loves Mm. Like Look at the first people that you loved, the first boyfriend, the first girlfriend. Mm. Look at the first caregiver you had. Yeah. And look at where did they leave gaps. Maybe Mm. they didn't show up to your baseball game. Mm. Maybe they didn't show up to your dance recital. Mm. Maybe they didn't help you with your homework. Mm -hmm. Maybe they were never there when you needed them in Mm. an emotional state. Mm -hmm. So now what's happened is you've taken all of that gap and you're saying, this person's gonna fill all of those gaps, and guess what? They might even do it. Mm-hmm. They might even do it. Mm-hmm. But after a few years, they're gonna get exhausted. Oh, you're so... They're gonna get tired, they're gonna get drained, and they can't do it forever, yep. because your desire for it just keeps going up and up, because you're not filling it yourself. Gosh, Jay,
0: this is so good. So, bro, like I'm thinking about my own relationships, like friendships and my marriage. Yeah. And. I have these little triggers. You know, my dad was an alcoholic. My wife and I can be out. We'll be with a group of friends. And, you know, from time to time, people have more cocktails than others. And if my wife has too many, it is a massive trigger for me. Like, Mm -hmm. it is a major wound you're hitting because I had someone I loved do that. And so the the, the depth of what you're saying, I I always think when someone says something so brilliant, my job is to give um, perspective and also the application.
1: You're doing it brilliantly. Right? And you're, yeah. you're a
0: billion percent right about what you're saying, bro. I almost hope you begin to even expound on this even more. And then the other part, my, my I did know my wife's parents. And when I'd go pick her up for dates, I remember this when we were kids, so I'd knock on the front door, I could look into their living room, Jay. And many, many times I'd look into their living room and their, her mom and dad were slow dancing in the living room. Like they were this unbelievable romantic couple. Yeah. I don't come from a family like that. Yeah, so yeah, then when we were yeah. together, it's like, why isn't he so over the top? And to me, I'm like, that's cheesy. Yeah. The- so I need, but you just said that, I need to love her the way I can love her. And yeah. she needs to allow that to be the case. And she has, and that's what's made it work. But you're so, so right, bro. Like, I just want to acknowledge real truth. And this is the most important. In our lives, it's our faith and love. They're the most important topics in our life. And there's never really been a book written like this, and- or someone who has the depth of understanding that you do about it. Hey, guys, I want to talk to you about Shopify. You know, when I started the show, the furthest thing from my mind was doing online business, and now I can't imagine my life without it. So I love Shopify because they're a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. So whether you're in the startup phase where you're just launching your online store or you're at that really big business where you're like, hey, we just hit a million bucks in order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. They've helped me through every single stage. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. So whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered big time. They help turn browsers into buyers. They convert their checkouts 36% better than all the leading competitors. And I've used them for everything I do online. So every single thing you see that I market online, Shopify is somehow involved. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mylet, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mylet now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash hey guys if you need to hire you need indeed you know in all of my businesses and i've been blessed to have several of them i've used indeed now for a number of years and the main reason i do it is i if you're like me i don't want to waste a bunch of time interviewing people that aren't qualified for the positions that i have it's one of the hardest jobs in the world right or they are qualified but they're not interested in making the move at the given time and so with indeed you have a thing called instant match where they match you with quality candidates within 24 hours and you're in front of people that want the job, that are qualified for it, and that you would probably want to hire. I wouldn't go anywhere else. They've delivered great candidates to multiple businesses that I have right now. So here's what's great. Listeners and viewers of my show, you get a $75 sponsored job credit right now to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Just go to Indeed.com slash which is M-Y-L-E-T-T, right now. And you can support our show by saying you heard about Indeed here. That would be great, by the way indeed.com/mylet terms and conditions apply you need to hire you need indeed all right i got one for you you're in a relationship with somebody and everyone's going to go yeah answer this one jay how do you know whether it's lust oh. or love because that's always been a question but now in our culture with social media and yeah. access to crazy stuff on our phones attraction, beauty, sex, all that, the physical interaction, I feel like sometimes can be conflated with love. Absolutely. What do you think?
1: Yeah, so I write Mm -hmm. about this in the book and I talk about lust versus love because I think what's interesting is that lust makes us make bad decisions, Mm -hmm. right? When you're just following lust, Mm you can make so many bad decisions. Mm -hmm. You jump into a relationship too early, Mm -hmm. you settle for someone less than you deserve, you become dependent on someone, you glorify someone, you put them on a pedestal and think, they're better than me and I'm trying to get them. And so the way you know the difference is, is actually quite simple. The first is, slow down slow down because you do not make good re- good decisions when you're going fast. If you've ever been driving fast on the highway mm. and you suddenly got to switch three lanes, mm. that is full of stress and anxiety. Mm. If you slow down, you can figure out your way really, really clearly. Mm. So if you notice yourself going too fast, chances are it's lust. Mm. Chances are it's lust mm. because love is, I, I, I did this video on Instagram recently where, where I was talking about these two concepts of chemistry yes. and compatibility and I lit a match. And I said, this is what chemistry is like. It's beautiful, I love it, and you need to have it to start. But this match is gonna run out. Mm -hmm. Chemistry has to be the spark for compatibility, and I lit a candle. Mm -hmm. Candle's gonna burn slow and long. It's Mm -hmm. gonna be there for a much longer than this match. And so you need to use chemistry to turn it into compatibility. You need to use lust to turn it into love. It's not that lust is bad. You should be attracted to your partner. But here's, here's the other difference that people mistake it on. They start thinking that if this person is rich, famous, attractive, powerful, confident, then they must be a good person. <laughs> That's how you know the difference. Hmm. The person who's in love actually is aware of what that person is like in their dark side. Mm. The person who's in love actually knows what the person is like when they're stressed. Mm. The person who's in love actually knows what it feels like when that person is upset. So good. The person in lust doesn't know, they just think mm. that because they're beautiful, rich, famous, attractive, they must be really organized, trustworthy, so and wonderful, and they assume.
0: So, you're so right. They
1: assume it. Yeah. The person in love knows. Yeah. The person in love has no assumptions. You with your wife, I yep. guarantee you, you know how your wife needs you to be when yes. she's stressed. Yes. You know how your wife needs when she needs support and help. Yes. You know that. Yes. But the person in last, when you think you're attracted to someone, you're like, they know me. Mm-hmm. You th- you say that. You're like, they know all of me. Mm. They haven't even seen two percent of you.
0: What about the reverse, Jay? Yeah, go. So on. What about the reverse? That I'm now oh, uh, so in a relationship and they've lost yeah. the that sexual attraction, the yes. physical attraction. Is that the disease in the relationship or is it a symptom of something else do you believe? Because I think a lot of people, I, I love my husband. I love my girlfriend. It's just, we're just not there anymore like we were in the beginning. and. You know, and you know, you with someone a long time, you see them at their worst, you yeah. see them when they're sick, you, yeah. you know, you this you start it's just not new and shiny anymore. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of new and shiny out there. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So what about when if someone was in that situation, they go, I actually do I think I love their values. I just we're not connecting physically.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm <clears> so glad <throat> you
0: asked that question. So
1: there's there's a couple of concepts that I break down in the book yeah. that I think will really help people with this. The first is, and I love the, the way you ask questions there. Like, it's so good. Like When you said, is it the symptom of the disease? Mm-hmm. To me, it's a symptom of so. something far deeper. Mm-hmm. And to me, it comes down to mm. what I created in the book are these four levels of intimacy. Yes. And what I realized is that if you look at most couples today, if you ask them what the number one activity they do together is, mm. the majority of couples, eight out of 10, Will say, watch TV. Yep. The number one thing they do every single day, all year round. Now, I'm not hating on TV. Sure. I like movies. I like TV. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm not hating on it. But the problem is, you're watching a show, which what does that mean? There's no new discovery about each other. There's no shared experience, because you don't watch a show and then talk about it for hours. If you listen to a podcast, mm-hmm. you talk about it for hours. Sure. A TV show, you may be like, ah, oh, didn't expect that to happen, ah, oh, like, right. two seconds, yep. and then you go back to sleep. Yep. Which means there's no connection. Mm. There's no emotional closeness. Mm. You mentioned this word yesterday, which, which I loved. In relationships, when they're long-term, There's so much physical proximity, but emotional distance. And emotional distance is not closed by entertaining yourselves together. Emotional distance gets removed when you elevate through these levels of intimacy. So the next level is experiences and experiments. What I mean by that is you have to do new things with your partner where you're both newbies. So you might both do a pottery class together. You might go to a dance class together. You might both go and do some gardening classes together. You might do a cooking class together. I'm just naming anything. It could be. You could go archery. You could go to, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever, sure. whatever excites you. But the idea is you both have to be beginners. And I'll tell you why. Okay. The psychology only works if you're both beginners. It doesn't work if you're like, I'm good at baseball. Let's go baseball. Yeah. Or I'm good at cycling. Let, it doesn't work that way when you're both doing something where you both have zero experience, Mm. you'll get to see a new side of your partner. Very good. You'll get to see something completely new, something completely fresh, Mm. because right now you only see them do the same things. Mm. You see them on stage every day, Mm. you see them clean the floor Mm. every day, Mm. you've Mm. seen them cook every day, you see them do the same boring thing every day, you've stopped seeing them. When you first met them, you saw them do loads of new things. So you have to go to experiences and experiments. Higher than that is get educated together. Mm. Work on this stuff together. You may listen to the same podcast, you may listen to different podcasts. Mm. For me and my wife, we don't like learning in the same way. I love reading and we like very different books. Mm. She likes listening in courses and Mm. classes. But what we do is we do our own learning and then we bring it back together. Mm. And then finally, which I put at the highest form of intimacy is engagement, serving together. If you go to that homeless shelter or that soup kitchen, or you go and do something beautiful together and you change someone's life together, mm. the emotional closeness and intimacy. Beautiful. That's real intimacy, right? It's not, you're not looking to reconnect back with the lust-based attraction. You're looking mm. to connect back with that deep, meaningful heart. And I think it's missing because we just started to do old things together oh all the time instead of keeping the relationship fresh, and the relationship is not fresh by just going to a dinner or to the movies. Yeah. It's kept fresh by doing fresh things together.
0: Okay, that's incredible. By the way, I needed that. That was really good for me. Thank you for that. What about that dinner thing? I wanna ask you about this. I have friends that I have noticed the couple doesn't like to be alone together anymore. Mm. Meaning, you ever been in a restaurant and my wife and I've had this happen where we're kind of in a great conversation, and then just for a second we'll take a glance around the restaurant, and you'll yeah. see a couple that's sitting at a table together, yeah, not talking. Mm-hmm. It's just the two of them, and one's looking around, checking out what's going on. on there everyone knows what I'm talking about, and the other one's sort of looking at their phone. And mm-hmm. and I'm, I've seen this last thirty minutes, yeah, forty minutes. And by the way, I also seems to me Jay like I think the older the relationship is, yeah. the more pronounced this is. And so the alternative is then, they're just always around other couples. They're yeah. always around other people. Do you believe in these new activities, these other things, but also just alone time? Can't you almost hide in the groups you're in? And then when you're alone, you don't have anything. Bro,
1: that is like, you. You're. Like, I love, And this is exactly what I knew this conversation Mm. would be. You're (laughs) spotting like these very nuanced Mm. human behavior patterns Mm. that we're experiencing in relationships. Mm. So in the book, I break down an ideal seven day week. And what I'm saying here is like, here's a schedule and here are the things that are important. I don't know how, I don't mind how many of them you do, Mm. but I want everyone to remember to do each of them. So Mm. every week you have to have time alone to yourself. Mm. There has to be some me time, alone time away from everyone. Mm. Now there has to be alone time with us, Mm -hmm. just as a couple. There has to be two people who are spending time together. Mm -hmm. Now you have time with your own friends, and they have time with their own friends. That's That's another thing that's That's really important. We just heard about it in there. Mm -hmm. We had so many of our friends say that they don't have their own groups of friends, and the happier couples are when both of them have their own tribes. We just 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 heard heard it. it. Literally just heard it. So you've got that. And then the fourth one is you with collective friends. So notice how there's four different things you're trying to achieve every week, every month Mm. that provide different support. Time with yourself Mm. gives you self-love. Time with your partner gives you together love. Time with your friends gives you like hangout love and nostalgia and chill love. And then time together gives you community. Mm. And so all of these are important and you can hide in community. Mm. And the reason we do that, truly, Ed, is because we've run out of things to talk about. You nailed it. We've run out of things yes. to talk about because you think, mm. you think you know everything you about, about your that. partner. Yes. And I promise you, you don't. And okay. in the book, I break down th- what I call the three date rule. And inside of that, I give questions for each date. And it doesn't have to be your first three dates. It can really? be any three dates. Okay. And I recommend asking these questions and they're based on personalities, values, and goals.
0: Mm.
1: Honestly, like if you sit down and you talk to your partner and you ask them a question you've never asked them. I'll give an example of a question that I love. Like I might just say to my wife right now, like, uh, you know, what was the most exciting thing that happened to you this week? Mm. I promise you, you'll be surprised. Yeah. You think you know. I should do that. You think you know, but you don't. You have no idea. And if she asked me the same thing, I promise you she doesn't know. She could assume it. She yeah. has no idea what I thought was the most exciting thing. Gosh. And so I don't judge couples for it because I get it. Our phones are interesting and we're, we're yeah. bored and we don't know. But the thing is, we've never been taught how to have interesting conversations with the people we love. You're What's right. the most exciting thing you did this week? What was your highlight of the week? Mm-hmm. What was something you struggled with this week? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when was the last time you did something for the first time? Yeah. Like, when was the last time we did something for the first time? Yes, like just... I think going prepared, Mm. like I think we think about love as like, oh, it should be spontaneous. And if it's not there, it's not there. you got to work at it. You You don't walk outside and you see a dead plant in your Mm. garden or your home and you go, ah, it's dead, who cares? It just died. No, it died because you stopped watering it. And Mm. I think we just, I think we have this idea. We don't realize, and this is a very faith-based idea too, like we don't realize that everything, everything on planet Earth, including us, is either growing or dying. You're so right. And so, if you're not putting in the work to make it grow, it will naturally die. God. And so, relationships are just dying every day, mm. not because love died, mm. kindness died, curiosity died, Curiosity's a big... empathy died, yeah. understanding died, love never died.
0: Yeah. The, all the other things died. And so, oh, rewind again, everybody, rewind again. Maybe the love hasn't died. And I think a biggie, man, a big one in a long-term relationship is the curiosity piece. Yeah, yeah. I think I know everything about you. Yeah. I think I know everything about you, and so I'm not curious anymore. And that's one of the beautiful things in the beginning of a relationship. By the way, what you said earlier, new experiences together. Yeah. Everything you're doing is the first time you've done it together. Exactly. And then the second one is you're curious. Yeah. And you've lost that curiosity. I just want to give you uh, gratitude for this because I knew that you talked about this a little bit because I was prepping last week, and my son picked me up just two days ago from the airport. And so it's, it's, I'm getting 30 minutes with him. And it's usually it's your son. I know everything about my son. He knows everything about me. And I actually did exactly what you recommend. I said, hey. What was the most exciting part of your week? It kind of feels a little goofy at first, like almost like I'm reading off a list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but then he's like, actually, kind of crazy thing, Dad. I hit this one shot on this one golf hole and he just sort of lit up. I said, what were you like most grateful for last week? He goes, actually, me and you last week when we were together. And it was just this beautiful experience of this. This is my only son. Mm. So the application of these things isn't just your intimate relationship. When's the last time you asked your mom these questions, everybody? When'd you ask your dad? Or anybody that you love in your life. Mom, what, do you, what was the most exciting thing last week? I
1: love that you brought it up. I recently took my <clears throat> mom on a vacation, and I didn't put the camera on, but I interviewed my mom. I mm-hmm. was like, I'm going to—because I find the people I interview so fascinating. So do I. And as time's gone on, I feel like sons and moms, it's it's harder to connect. Yes. You, you lose stuff to talk about. Yeah. It's, it's, it's challenging. And it's, you think you know everything. And you them. think you know everything. Yeah. And they know—so yeah. I, I said I interviewed my mom. Ed, I'm telling you, like, my mom had me in tears. Yeah. My mom told me that when she was 15 years old studying for exams in Yemen, which is where she grew up, Mm. she had Yemeni soldiers on her roof fighting the Brits in her country while she's preparing for exams. And she just saw that as normal. Normal. To her, that was just normal. normal. I was like, mom, like, What do you mean you were studying? She was like, yeah, we were just studying for exams. The soldiers were on top shooting. We could hear the gunshots. I'm like, mom, like what? What? Like, and I was just like, I thought I knew about where you moved from and which country you're from and the language you spoke. I had no Uh, idea. I've known my mom my whole life. (laughs) I love my mom. She loves me deeply. Mm. But I didn't know anything, and so how beautiful! Is how that? beautiful! And I have a newfound New respect, respect for my I'm mom, sure. like newfound like character understanding of yes. who my mom is. Like she's a boss, and yeah, like. <laughs> right. But it's like I didn't. You don't think that about your mom because yeah. your mom never told you, and yeah. and and she was never asked. And you
0: never asked. And you never asked. It's so funny you say this, brother. My dad passed away. Uh, you know, as you know, last year, almost two years now. Yeah. And I have a different relationship with my mom now. When I go over there, it's not me and my dad talking. All the families have dynamics. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Now I'm with my mom, and we're alone. And I'm learning all these things. I'm like, this is what's cool. I like my mom. Yeah. I don't just love her. I like her. The more I get to know my mom, and yeah. you know what, most of you, you don't know your parents. Yeah. If they're still here, what a blessing to be able to ask them some of these questions and expand that loving relationship you have. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to ask something for a single person and one last question yeah. because you, like we said, we should go three hours, but we're not allowed to yeah. today. <laughs> so. First thing, I'll ask the, the the relationship one first and then for single people last. Mm-hmm. Relationship one, this is a toughie. This is probably the toughest one. I'm in a relationship and it's on life support right now. Mm-hmm. So you've got all these strategies you've already shared, they're in the book, but I mean, we are, we're close. This thing is almost over. Maybe we've even broken up a few times, but I can feel it. We're losing each other. This is, you know, we're coming at the ground. Uh-uh. You know, we're, it's an emergency situation here. Is there something you would say to someone in that dynamic right now that they could do pretty quickly to at least engage that other person again?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's as simple as a couple of things. I said one of the questions earlier, mm. and it's followed up by these two that we haven't shared yet. Yeah. The answer to the first question is obvious because you just said it. Is this relationship going in the direction we want? Mm. No. No what are we willing to do for it?
0: Mm.
1: How far Mm. are we willing to go to save it? Mm. If me and you were on a plane about to crash, Mm. the question would be, what are we willing to do to make sure this plane doesn't crash? Mm. If we both turned around and said, we think it's the end, Mm -hmm. then it'd be the end. That's your answer. That's your answer. But if you both turned around and said, you know what, actually, you you may have learned something in flight school, like, I think I saw this, like, parachute at the back. All right, let's let's get active. And I think you have to have that conversation. What are we willing to do? Like, because you can pretty much save or lose anything. You're right. It's just based on what you're willing to do. And I find like that's not the conversation. I think the conversation is always like, well, you need to change that. That's right. If you change this, then this we wouldn't be in this situation. If you figured that out, then we wouldn't be here. Yep. It's not what are we willing to do? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is we think it's the end. That's cool. That that's that mm-hmm. is what it is. But chances are, someone goes, "Well, maybe we should both go to therapy. Maybe we right. maybe we went to therapy and it didn't work because we weren't in this place of as a mm-hmm. team. Maybe we went to therapy, it didn't work. Maybe we broke up multiple times, it didn't mm-hmm. work. Maybe we're better off as friends. Right? Maybe we would have made great friends, yep. and maybe we do love each other, but we don't like each other yep. anymore, yep. and we need to separate. And
0: so." Either way, you'll get to a healthier understanding with those questions. The reason that's so powerful is because when you're in that torpedo in your relationship, you're in a pattern. Yeah. And that question interrupts the pattern.
1: Yes. That's exactly, that's exactly what it does. Yeah. It
0: interrupts the pattern. We're in a pattern. We've got this dynamic where we're poking at each other, competing with one another, blaming one another, whatever the thing is, not connecting, and it's become a pattern. And the powerful question of what are you willing to do, what are we willing to do rather Interrupts that pattern for a second, and it gets you above the problem, yeah. and you can look at it. I, I absolutely love, love, love. Yeah. Last question for you: So many friends that have this, they keep attracting the wrong person, mm. and so they're single. and And oftentimes, they end up sort of my female friends they keep attracting the same dude in a different body, yeah. And my male friends keep attracting the same woman, and you know, with a different look, right? Yeah. But it's the same thing ultimately they end up creating with this person. Is it something in them that's attracting this person? Is it a pattern? Is it filling some void? What do they do? Someone's hearing this, because a lot of them are going, now I'm leaning in, because you're speaking my language. What would you say to them?
1: If you're attracting the same person in a different body, that means you're trying to fill the same wound. That's where it's coming from. It's coming from a wound, a trauma, a healing that you are not doing, Mm. and that's why you keep seeking out people who have that but i'll give i'll go one further you attract what you use to impress what i mean by that is if you use your wealth to impress someone you attract that if you use your body to impress someone you attract that when you use your fame to impress someone you attract that And so that gets as subtle as it is. Like you could go as subtle, as subtle, as subtle as you like. And so you have to be careful Mm. about what are you using Mm. to impress someone. And maybe if you didn't try to impress them at all, Mm. but you just expressed who you were, and saw how that landed. But we're so fixated, Ed, on getting the validation of you're beautiful, you're wealthy, you're successful. We wanna hear that so bad that we're just trying to impress people. And I wish we'd stop trying to impress people Mm. and just express who we were. It's not an interview, Mm. right? It's not an interview. Mm. Remove interviews out of relationships. if your relationship starts like an interview, it will end like a firing, right? Like that's what happens. You interview for a job and you get fired when you don't live up to the expectations. And so I feel like we've got to be careful. I'll give an example. Like, you know, you could be sharing, and this is not even in love, but just even with your community Mm. and and same for me, you could be using a lot of your wealth to attract more followers. You've achieved a lot. Mm. You're very successful. You. you could be bling, 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 yeah. bling. Yeah. You could be picture, 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 picture. You could be like, here are my 30 cars, right? right. What, whatever it is. I've never seen you do that. And Thank I'm you. not saying it's Thank bad you. if someone does that. Right. If someone, that's yep. cool. Like, I'm sure. not judging anyone who does that. I've never seen you do that, right. which means the friends you attract in your life. Mm are coming to you for you, you. Yes. Because I don't really know about anything else yeah. apart from yeah. when I hear you speak. Thank you. And Thank so you. the reason I say that back to you is just, even in life, yeah. when I think about the friends I have, I live in LA and often people are like, oh, everyone's fake in LA. And I'm like, I actually meet some really nice That's people right. right. because I'm, I'm only being me. And everyone knows I used to be a monk and everyone mm. knows I meditate and mm. everyone knows that I'm really into wellness. And me and my wife are like, and so we don't really attract anyone who's not into that stuff. stuff right. Uh, and and that's a really beautiful way to live. Mm. And so you attract what you use to impress. Oh
0: my gosh, Jay, that is so good. That's a. By the way, this notion that if the relationship starts like an interview, it's going to end in a firing is unbelievably a one billion percent true. As is everything you said today. I just I want to tell you something, man. I think you're so important in the world today. And, uh, you know, Jay works with some very, you know, know, we call them important people. Every human being is important. And what I love about what we did today is that we reached millions of people with the incredible work that you're doing, brother. I'm very proud of you. I'm very grateful for you. And I'm so excited about what this book is gonna do in people's lives and their friendships their relationships with their children and their parents, yeah, right? everyone, and their intimate relationships, and the relationship with themselves. Mm-hmm. Maybe most importantly. Anyway, the book is Eight Rules of Love: How to Find It, Keep It, and Let It Go. Go get it. If this is before the release. Pre-order it if it's after. Go grab this book while you're there. Grab the Power of One More by this guy Ed Milet. <laughs> read his first, read mine second. <laughs> Other way around. And I'm so grateful you were here today. Thank brother. you, brother. I Thank you love so. you. This is beautiful. I, and I love, you. love you too, man. This you. was like, yeah. this was
1: really yeah. awesome. Really awesome. That was exactly <laughs> what <Well>, we exactly <laughs> knew we would do. Exactly I dreamed well, of that. We,
0: knew we would do. That's awesome. First of the second of many, many more yeah. to come. Love anyway, you. everybody, God bless you. Max out your life. This is the Ed Milet Show.